0: talking about goodness as we're walking through these fruit. Now remember, these are the fruit of the Spirit of God being produced in us, which means these are the fruit of God's Spirit, not our own personal way of thinking, not our own human level of goodness. The passage we're using is uh, that our, our uh, passages we've been using for, these, for this series is out of the New Living Translation. It says, Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And then our memory verse for November is the next verse, and it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, you belong to Christ Jesus, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross, or to his cross, I'm sorry, to his cross, and crucified them there. Our human nature has been crucified to the cross of Christ and the new nature of the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in us. The goodness of God. I said earlier the the little phrase, God is good. And everybody says all the time. And all the time, God is good. That is the goodness of God from a theological standpoint, about the nature of God. We talked about that a little bit this morning, that God transcends time, that God is always good. One of the the things about God that is so interesting is that when when it talks about the goodness of God, it doesn't negate the justice of God. God's justice is just as complete as His goodness is. It doesn't, those flow together. So in everything you see and everything that that the world around us looks at during this pandemic time, during all this turmoil in our country and in the world around us and the frustration, the confusion, and the anger and all the things that we see, we look and, and we hear people saying, how can God let this be? Because God's good. Amen that's one of the reasons because God is just because God is holy because the character of God doesn't, doesn't mean that God's goodness has been lowered because we look at this around us and say well it's not the way we think it ought to be because God's goodness never takes a step back from any of the other characters characteristics of God his holiness, his separateness, his complete difference from everything else that is, doesn't change the goodness of God, and the goodness of God doesn't bring him down to something that we can grasp. God's character and the characteristics of God never change. So if that's the case, when we look at scripture, and we look from from a scriptural standpoint at what goodness is, we talk about the goodness of God. To be good in God's sight is to be perfect. To be morally perfect and upright. The reason why none of us can stand on our own two feet spiritually is because none of us are good there's none good no not one scripture says all of us have sought our own way and as as sheep we've gone after our own thing none of us are good in ourselves but because God has redeemed us who are redeemed we now are good in God's sight. We stand as good, morally sinless, perfect. Now, do you feel morally sinless and perfect? Neither do I. Why? Because I still carry around this flesh. And in this flesh, there is no good thing. In this flesh, in my humanity, there is no righteousness. It will never be righteous. I should always be challenging myself. To let the spirit control the flesh. Amen. But as long as the flesh is alive, it's gonna carry with it the decomposing, rotting, stinkingness of my humanity and my sin. But it doesn't change the fact that if I've been redeemed by God, I now have the moral perfection, the righteousness, the goodness. Of God living in me and so do you so if that's a truth how does that live out how do we walk this letting the fruit of the spirit become more and more of our daily control because this flesh is never going to change but the spirit has power over it I can walk in this day In moral completeness, moral goodness in my humanity, I can carry that out because the flesh is subject to the spirit, not because the spirit, not because the flesh can do it on its own. It's only when it's under the control of the spirit and when the spirit is working in me. And so as I develop this, or as God develops this in me, as I surrender to it, as I humble myself and walk under him, it ought to change my character. From a human standpoint, you ought to be able to look at me and say, man, he's not as bad as he used to be. He doesn't do some of the things he used to do. He doesn't say some of the stuff he used to say. He doesn't act the way he used to act. From a from a human standpoint, we ought to be able to look at one another and see that because there ought to be a change in our character because we're allowing the Spirit to have control. Not because the humanity in us has changed, but it is now subject to the Spirit. It is now under the influence of the Spirit. You ever, you ever watch a drunk? You ever watch somebody get drunk? You ever, you ever maybe been to that person that has... Gone from sober to drunk, and it, it what happens? It 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 doesn't. You don't become drunk instantly. Even if it's the first time you ever had alcohol, it doesn't instantly happen. What happens? It's a progressive thing. As as it becomes influence your, as your flesh becomes influenced, as it becomes saturated, as it becomes overpowered by the spirit of alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. And you become inebriated under that influence; it changes your behavior. You know, pe- people go from from being stuck up you know, to, to being to being a little bit happier, a little bit, and then finally get over here where they're just sloppy and crazy. You know and, they, you know, and and you ever seen a person that's real quiet and, and doesn't want to say anything, and you you put a little bit of some substance in them and they, they loosen up. You ever seen somebody that's really kind of loose and you put substance in them? Sometimes they get real quiet. It changes their behavior. They're under the influence and the control of that substance. That's the same way the, the analogy is the same way we see that in our in our human nature and our spirit nature. It it is the control and influence that changes. What we look like and how we behave and so people should see that back uh, when we were doing our last series um, we preached a series out of John chapter 10 one of our passages with John chapter 10 and we were talking in John chapter 10 about some of the uh, I am's and uh, so I want to look back at that passage today for just a few minutes. Um, and I want to just make a couple of comments really, it's it's very very quick today I just want to lay out some thoughts about how the goodness of God should start to take over the character that we have the way we behave okay, so you're thinking about this, We're, we're good we're righteous because of the spirit how is that Influence of the Spirit controlling the influence of the flesh. Because that's what this whole passage we've been talking about for weeks now is talking about. It's about being under the control of the Spirit and not letting the flesh walk in that manner. <coughs> so John chapter 10 says, Jesus said, "I certainly, It is certainly true that when a man enters the sheep pen, he should use the gate if he climbs in some other way he is a robber He is trying to steal the sheep but the man who takes care of the sheep enters through the gate he is the shepherd the man who guards the gate opens the the man who guards the gate opens the gate for the shepherd and the sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd he calls his own sheep using their names and he leads them out he brings out all of his sheep then he goes ahead of them and leads them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. But sheep will never follow someone they don't know. They will run away from him because they don't know his voice. People, are Jesus told the people this story, but they didn't understand what it meant. Jesus is the shepherd, right? He's the shepherd of our souls. He's the one who brings us out. We are. We are His. That's what we've been talking about. That's the analogy right there that we have been made like Him. We are now His. We hear His voice. We respond because He is our shepherd. We've been redeemed. Now, watch this. Watch the character. Listen, listen to the, we're the. God is good. And he, all the time, and all the time, God is good because that is his character and nature. He has placed that in us when we become redeemed. He is birthing in us a goodness by the power of the Spirit, a fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit, right? Now listen to how that evidence comes out in this passage. So Jesus again said, I assure you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All those who came before me were thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will be able to come in and go out. They will find everything they need. As A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give life, life that is full and good. I am the good shepherd. There's the goodness. And the good shepherd gives life, gives his life for the sheep. One of the first things that happens, we see, is the character and nature of God is a character and nature of sacrifice for others. I give my life for the sheep. I give myself to them. I provide for them. I make sure that they're going to be okay. We were talking about that earlier. Everything we need as long as we walk inside this path. Everything we need, he's provided for us. They will find everything they need if they will come in and follow me. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life. It's an attitude of sacrifice for others. Let me tell you something. If the character of goodness is going to begin to work in your life and in my life, it's going to come out in a character of sacrifice for other people. You're going to begin to walk out that sacrifice for other people. You're gonna to begin to give of what you have. You're to beginning to give of your resources. You're gonna to begin to give out of what you don't have. Remember the church at Philippi that that loved Paul? Paul Paul said to them, You gave when you didn't even have it to give. You cared for me so much. Why did they do that? How could they do that? They did that because the power of the Spirit of God was controlling their flesh. And influencing their goodness to Paul. You're going to begin to give. Give your love. Give your time. Give your resources. Give all that you have. And need. For for those. That are in need. All that is needed by sacrifice. God will give you a spirit of sacrifice for others. Let me tell you what else he does. Look at what it says here. I am the shepherd, in verse 14, 14 15, it says, I am the shepherd who cares for the sheep. I know my sheep just as the Father knows me. My sheep know me just as I know the Father I give my life for these sheep. Not only are we going to sacrifice ourselves, but there's going to be an intimacy with people, with other people. You're going to be connected. He said that that I know my sheep the same way that my father knows me. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. There's There's a connected intimacy of relationships. You know what i figured out late in my life as much as i like to try to admit or think that i like being by myself and doing my own thing my own way if i'm going to be under the power and the influence of the goodness of god i'm going to be connected to people they're going to matter to me and i'm going to be real with them and we're going to we're going to work on that, that shading things a little bit. We're going to work on, on trying to be honest with people and being genuine, even in the hard things. We're going to care for one another. I'm not only sacrificing for you, but I'm giving you my life, and I'm taking from you your life. We're getting connected. The body of Christ was never meant to walk alone. Amen. The body of Christ was meant to be connected together. That comes from the goodness that God has placed in us And he is working through us. You see that character in God. He sacrificed for people, and he was intimate with people. Let me tell you the last thing real quick. And this one kind of caught me off guard. Verse 16 says, I have other sheep too. They are not in this flock here. I must lead them also. They will listen to my voice. In the future, there will be one flock and one shepherd. The the implication here is that there was something else. There was other sheep out there. There there were those that needed to hear the message. And Jesus wasn't satisfied with just the ones in the pen. Jesus said, I'm going to go out and share what's been shared with me. I think one of the characteristics really, when you really begin to walk with God, when God's goodness begins to overflow your character, you begin to move in the power of the Spirit of God, you're going to have a care for something greater than your circle. You're going to care about the people that are beyond you, and you're going to want to go and share with them what has been shared with you, because here's what human nature does. I got mine, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to settle in. I got it, I'm going to say, this is mine, you my precious, you can't have it. But a person who is under the Spirit of God, under the power of the goodness of God, says, this is what I have in everybody. I want you to have it. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to do whatever I can to share with others what God shared with me. Mm-hmm. The character and nature of God's goodness. If you're really walking in it. If it's it's taking influence over your life. You're going to sacrifice. Not not just give out of what's comfortable. You're going to sacrifice for others. You're going to have intimate interpersonal relationships. You're going to get deep with people. Because that's what Jesus did. And you're you're going to go beyond the circle that you're in. You're going to reach out to those that you maybe wouldn't reach out to in your own human nature. Amen? Amen? Father, may this begin to be who we are. As we come under your influence, as your spirit controls our flesh, may we walk in this. And Father, may we not look at it as doing for others, but may we look at it as as worship for a God who loves us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Pastor Mark. Just a few quick announcements that I would like to make. Uh, We've got a table over there with some Christmas cards on it. We are gonna use that through the season as a way for us to maybe save some stamps and we we can lay our Christmas cards for each other on that table, great way for us to get Christmas cards back and forth between the two different services. However, bear in mind that because we don't know what's happening with the pandemic, If you put a Christmas card on that table today it may still be sitting there in January if we end up going back to church from the porch or or whatever we might do or if somebody is out of town or they're not able to get here they may not be able to get their card and and please don't cover that with cards and then think that pastor Steve is going to be able to spend all day Christmas Eve driving all over hand delivering them to everybody a little slight ready to go. <laughs> so uh, don't don't count on that for sure. It's not it's not foolproof, but that is something that we're gonna we're gonna have and we're gonna do our best to keep an eye on it. And let everybody know there are some cards over there right now. So check that on your way out. Tuesday morning Bible study at what time? Nine thirty. Nine thirty, right here, this channel, right here. Be here, ready to go. Brother Sam is gonna be up at four in the morning doing push-ups and drinking energy drinks, and he's, he's ready for Bible study on oh, Tuesday yeah. morning. I, I, I might be exaggerating that just a little bit. He's, he's going to sleep in until 5 at least. So, uh, But Tuesday morning at 9.30, Bible study right here. Wednesday morning, 10 a.m., we are back to doing prayer. We had this, this great thing of prayer going, and then several of us got sick, and so we just kind of scattered and isolated. And and let that kind of drift a little bit Wednesday morning from 10 until 12 We are going to be right here. It's just a just a time of prayer Come and pray silently come and pray out loud come and hang out a little bit of worship music a little bit of scripture reading Just a little bit of time to spend with the Father And I do want to let everybody know it is that time of the year that uh, one call is coming up for renewal it's uh we say ten dollars per family will cover it, what that really means is $10 per line, per phone number. So if you want that one call to call every phone number in your house, it might cost you more than $10. Uh, but $10 per number is what it's gonna cost you. you. You can't pull through the drive-thru without spending $10, even if you're by yourself. So $10 is not a lot of money to cover 12 whole months of being able to be in touch with the church uh, for prayer requests for events especially this year it has been so handy because more than one event has changed or postponed or moved such such valuable information for such a low cost way for us to stay connected and it has been amazing this last uh this last month brother sam has been using that one call to encourage us and it's, it's worth the cost for the encouragement that that gives me. Even if the rest of you aren't even listening, he's encouraging me. So well worth it. Uh, did I miss anything? Yes. Can
0: you pay that on the um, Fresh Start site where it says give?
1: Can she, can she pay that on the Fresh Start site?
0: Okay. I'll have to check. I don't know, Jenny. Okay. Jen said yeah. Shannon's
1: nodding her head yes, and that probably means yes. More than the pastor's I don't know.
0: Yes, my, my I don't know is just still I don't know. We'll we'll let you
1: know for sure, but but we'll we'll look into that. Any anything else? Anything did I miss? All right. Brother Sam, would you close us up in prayer, please? Dear Heavenly Father, creator
0: of heaven and earth, we praise you. We thank you. Father, we thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name, to learn, to study your word. Father, we thank you for dying for us on the cross. We thank you for raising from the dead to defeat death, where we would have an opportunity to spend eternity with you. Father, I know that the disciples walked with your son, but I'm going to be able to stand in front of him and see all his glory. And spend eternity with him. I so look forward to that. Father, bless the next service coming up. Bless the people that come in. Father, we love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen.